Well, with all the talk of Jaden Daniels possibly transferring to Missouri, it seems like the best time to take one more look at Brady Cook. So let's do that and also talk about the Tigers' final road game of the men's basketball season against South Carolina right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. And you know what? One of these days we're going to talk all about March Madness, of course, in deep detail. Unfortunately, the Missouri Benz basketball team is not going to get there. So you know what? Let's talk about possibly a happier topic. And to me, that's the Missouri quarterback situation because with Missouri now obviously still searching around in the transfer portal market, we we know that for a fact now with Jaden Daniels at least stepping foot on campus this past weekend. We know he came for a visit, so clearly Missouri would like to upgrade the quarterback room a little bit. And with that reality, it seems like to me that some Missouri fans are starting to take Brady Cook for granted. Now, I'll admit it's been a couple months now. It's just one one game, which is the Armed Forces Bowl. But you know what? I wanted to go back and take a, a fresh look at Cook's snaps from that ball game because that's the best evidence that we have on what kind of player that Brady really is. And to me, you go back and watch that game. My first Back in December, my first takeaway was, wow, Brady Cook played really well for a first start there. And you know what? You take a deeper dive into it, I'm telling you, Brady Cook was really, really good in that football game. You rewind, analyze your snaps the best you can without all the all 22 footage, and sure, you can nitpick a decision here and there without question. And memorably, his final pass was actually by far his worst pass of the game. Missouri went for two, had Dawson Downing wide open in the flat, and for whatever reason... Cook just kind of left his feet and sailed the ball to Downing for an incomplete pass, which was kind of ironic because for most of the game, Brady Cook was taking advantage of a very soft Army defense. And I mean soft not in terms of toughness, but in terms of their actual coverage. They were very, very loose, and throughout the game, Brady Cook was throwing very safe and accurate screen passes, dump-off passes to running backs, and lots of comebackers to guys like J.J. Hester and Towski Dove for maybe 9 to 12 yards, something in that range. Also lots of you know good-timed out passes to Barrett Bannister on third and five for a first down. That kind of stuff. So obviously, even though Cook put up some good numbers accuracy wise if you want to nitpick you can say well he didn't throw that many balls downfield but I'm telling you he took what was there Missouri took what was there against an army coverage that obviously wasn't challenging the Tiger receivers very much at all and to me there was very little about Brady Cook's game that I could complain about even on the Missouri second drive, they go up 10 to nothing. This is one of three times in the first half Missouri has a good drive but ends up settling 
for a field goal. Well, the the color man on the broadcast said there was a handoff play, a read play, where Brady ends up taking a big loss. Missouri had its second goal at the one-yard line. They end up losing about three or four yards. That's a big reason why they had to settle for a field goal. Well, to me, I don't think Brady made the wrong decision there. I think, if anything, Army made a good defensive call to bring a safety down and account for that running for the quarterback keeping the ball because if you go back and look at that, well, if he hands the ball off to the running back, that usual read defender is diving down on the play. So to me, Cook even makes the right read there on the running play. It was just, frankly, Missouri needed another blocker in there. They were just outmanned to the left side. And also, even though Brady Cook definitely, there was a lot of dinking and a lot of dunking, well, to me, if that's going to be your criticism, it falls a little bit flat to me because not only is that what was there, that's what Army was giving up defensively, well, number two, that's kind of what Eli Drinkwitz seemingly likes to do. A lot of short timing-based passes that come off play actions and jet sweep type action. Well, to me, Brady Cook executed the offense about as well as he could. And on top of that, no, actually, he did have some nice, accurate balls downfield as well, including on a flea flicker, he found Kiki Chisholm down the middle of the field for 22 yards. And also, late in the game, there was a deep ball down the down the seam of the field by to a, a heretofore, at least to me, unknown tight end. Gosh, what is this kid's name? Number 45. Oh God, I wrote it down here and now I'm completely, completely failing here. Let me let me just hit pause for one second. Okay, we're back. Kibbit Chep Yader was the freshman tight end whose name I could not come up with. You'll have to forgive me there because I hadn't heard a, heard much about young Kibbit before that game, but it's still weird to see a tight end wearing number 45 for Missouri who isn't Chase Kaufman. But I digress. The main point here is that that was a really good throw by Cook to a receiver that he basically threw open. It wasn't as though he was wide open on the play and it was almost an incredible play, an incredible catch by Kibbit Chep Yader as well. But a, a Army defender, Army safety, I believe, came in late, knocks the ball out. But I don't know if you all remember this. To me, that could have easily been a targeting play. Their helmets went head-to-head there. To me, that that's just about the definition of a targeting play. But for whatever reason, in instant replays, infinite wisdom, Missouri did not get that call. But again... The point here is, especially under maybe not the best circumstances, especially in the second half, Missouri did not actually touch the ball until about, gosh, six and a half minutes left in the third quarter. And Army just continued to roll downfield, keep the ball away from Missouri. So while the Tigers were in a really good rhythm offensively in the first half, despite having to settle for three field goals, the line of scrimmage was being dominated by the Tigers. The running game was absolutely working, even without Tyler Beatty in there. Again, Brady Cook was looking comfortable. He was getting some some yards on the ground for sure. Several different times where Brady Cook showed a really good ability to not only run the ball, but also buy, buy some time in the pocket. You could say maybe once or twice that he bailed a fairly clean pocket, but also made some good plays outside of that pocket too. So... Bottom line to me, while I understand 
looking around at the quarterback market, kicking the tires a little bit, if Missouri ultimately does indeed sign Jaden Daniels, if he transfers to Missouri, I would make it really clear to that young man that this is not a Kelly Bryant situation where we're just going to hand the transfer the starting job for all intents and purposes after spring ball. Because to me, Brady Cook showed way too much in that bowl game for me to believe that he shouldn't be the leader in the clubhouse right now. He's been in this program now. This will be his third year with Drinkwitz. To me, he's got to be the number one guy right now. And if, if Jaden Daniels thinks he can come in and beat him out, maybe he can. But to me, that's the situation. It's not, hey, Jaden Daniels, we're desperate for a quarterback. Come on in. I'm just not down with that notion whatsoever. And I wouldn't think Drinkwitz would be either. So we'll have to see if, if Daniels is down with that. He's definitely been getting interest from LSU. So we'll just have to see what happens with that situation. And coming up, we got to talk some Tiger basketball and also why SEC football fans might be the happiest they've ever been. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar, which I got to be honest, as much as I am a huge believer in the keto diet and also in intermittent fasting, well, I got to cheat every once in a while. And my favorite cheat is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And that's Built Bar because it's covered in 100% real chocolate. Unlike most of those protein bars, which frankly just don't cut it when it comes to taste. Well, not only are Build Bars covered in chocolate and delicious, they're also low-calorie, low-sugar, low-carbs, and also high in protein. So you really you do get the best of both worlds. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And thanks again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown March 14th right here on Locked On Mizzou podcast feed and on the YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. I'll certainly be checking that one out. Unfortunately, though, of course, Missouri will not be among the field of 68 this year. There's no doubt about that, I'm afraid. But you know what? There is a lot of questions about what Missouri will look like next year. I, I think at this point, it, it seems like most people are assuming that this is going to be it for Conzo Martin, right? But regardless if Martin is back next year or not, this Missouri roster has got to look a little bit different. And I think one question you you got to have is, will Javon Pickett come back next season? Because, well, on Sunday, or excuse me, on Saturday against Georgia, I'm sure he's going to go through the senior ceremony, he might get a jersey, all that good stuff. But unless he decides to opt out of that ceremony, I've got to assume this is probably it for Javon. But you know what? Regardless of who's the coach, I think Pickett is a solid college basketball player. But unfortunately, the problem is Javon Pickett with his 23 career-high points last night, you don't really want to live in a world where he's taking 17 shots. Now, don't get me wrong, Pickett was good last night. He was efficient, made his free throws, made two out of three from downtown. I'm not complaining about his game. My point is Missouri needs to 
absolutely bring in at least one, if not two more, pretty high-level guards in particular next year in order to make this team really work. Because at the very least, even though Javon Pickett and Kobe Brown can be, to me, really good college basketball players on a good NCAA tournament type of team, the problem is they're now asked to do too much. If Kobe Brown has to be your best player, well, we've seen that that's kind of a problem. And again, if Javon Pickett is now suddenly carrying even more of the offensive load than Kobe Brown, we can all see that that's a problem. But regardless, I would definitely take Pickett back next year without question if that's what he wanted to do. And it sounds like Conzo Martin would be willing to do that, unlike seemingly he was unwilling to do with Mark Smith last year, for instance. I'm not totally sure what the difference is there, to be brutally honest with you, but that's what Conzo's been saying recently. On the other hand, I could definitely see Javon as a guy who may not have a, certainly doesn't have an NBA future. I'm not even sure how much of a future he has as an overseas player, anything like that. He seems like the type of guy. Though, again, a useful college player, I could definitely see him taking that fifth year and perhaps moving on to another program. And if he does, goes on to a more to a place where he has a better shot to make the tournament again, well, good for him. I wouldn't blame him whatsoever, and there wouldn't be any hard feelings at all. But you know what? Frankly, again, to this idea that some of these guys are just miscast, unfortunately, it seems like Jerron Col- Coleman, Boogie Coleman – it's just been a tough finish for him. It seems like his confidence is maybe getting a little bit sapped. Last night went 0 for 4, did not score in the game, also fouled out. Just a tough one for Boogie, obviously. Again, a guy who's completely miscast as a lead ball handler, but somebody, if he was just an off guard, just a, a off-the-ball option, a secondary ball handler, not somebody that you're worried about breaking the press or breaking the half-court trap or getting you into your half-court sets, to me, he's got a chance to be, again, a good college basketball player, but it can't be as a true point. It can't be as your lead number one ball handler, especially when there aren't a lot of other other options as secondary ball handlers on this team either. By the way, in case you missed it, Lindenwood, of course, of St. Louis, the St. Louis area, that college, that university is now officially going to be a member of Division I basketball, in fact, Division I in all of Lindenwood sports, as a full member of the Ohio Valley Conference. So yet another Division I basketball team that might well be able to embarrass the Missouri Tigers. Oh, I'm sorry. Was was that joke maybe a little too soon? Yeah, probably probably was. But let's be honest, we lost to UMKC this year. Missouri State and St. Louis are decidedly better than the Tigers this season. So Lindenwood, well, it's going to take them a while, but hopefully Missouri can just put all of this all of this nightmare behind them, hire the right coach, and move on. And of course, if indeed Conzo Martin moves on, we'll have plenty for you on that coaching search when the time is right. But coming up, we're going to get to, again, SEC football fans. They might be the happiest they've ever been, believe it or not. Even though it just means more, apparently these people are feeling very content. I don't know, what is it? Is it the sweet tea? We'll find out. 
coming up. But first, I want to tell you about another one of our fine sponsors, and that's the title sponsor of this show, and that's Run Your Pool. And with March Madness just a couple weeks away, that means you need to start thinking now about where you're running your brackets. Well, do you want the usual experience or do you want the best experience? Well, from our experience, it's runyourpool.com. Guess what? That's where we're running our brackets at the Locked On Network. And along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers survival pools, pick X. They have options to edit your scoring, more intel, all kinds of stuff you're not going to find on ESPN or CBS. So clearly we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. So if you want to play against us for a shot at cash, Join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and your family, your workmates, whatever it is, and enter pure madness. That's one word, pure madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All rules and details will be available will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. And by rockauto.com. And you know what? As I've said so many times, there's just a million different cars on the road these days. And they don't even all run on gas. Yes, you've got electric cars. So with all these different types of cars and parts, well, unfortunately, your local auto shop just can't serve absolutely everything you need at the click of a button, but guess who can? It's rockauto.com because they have massive warehouses full of everything you could possibly need. And again, just their easy to navigate website, find your make, find your model, find your year, and you'll find exactly what you need. Just hit up the search bar and you'll get options, various different price points for exactly the type of part you need from tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet for your interior. Just go to rockauto.com to see all the parts available for your car, truck, and right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Recently, the folks over at The Athletic had an interesting survey, I thought, of 1,500 SEC fans, and these fans of various different teams throughout the conference, from each team throughout the conference, I thought it was very interesting that on their coach happiness, all of these fans were asked to rate how happy they were with their coach on a scale of 1 to 10, of course, 10 being the highest, and more than 85% of the respondents said that they were at an eight or higher with their coach. And really only Auburn's Brian Harson. he's the only guy who has a hot seat at this point. Every other coach right now, including at Vanderbilt, including at even Missouri, of course, you know, we're, we're all pretty happy with our coaches. Even though it just means more in this league, that's kind of a bit of a surprising result to me that more teams aren't going, what the heck? Well, maybe that's because some of the more Recent coaches have, they've got enough time and, you know, I guess Shane Beamer's off to a solid start after one year at South Carolina. He's still in a bit of a honeymoon moon phase, but regardless, I thought that was interesting, but maybe even more interesting, if you look at the majority of SEC fans want expansion. So even though you might think, well, the SEC, the playoff has been pretty good for the Southeastern Conference, right? 
they never get left out. The Big 12, their champion has gotten left out. The Pac-12, their champion has gotten left out. But despite that fact, a vast majority of SEC fans, at least according to this survey, would like there to be an expansion of the college football playoff, although they are split just about 50-50 on whether that should be an eight-team playoff or a 12-team playoff. Now, another reason I found this interesting is because you might have missed this. Well, you probably didn't miss this, actually. It was big news, but at this point, we're going to have at least four more years of the four-team playoff. Even though last offseason, it really seemed like the momentum was all moving toward a 12-team playoff, and frankly, the SEC was on board. To me, that's the ironic part of this. Once again, you would think, well, the SEC gets at least one, if not two teams in the playoff every year. Why would they want to expand this and potentially have to, I don't know, share more of a cut of the money or something like that? But again, ironically, the SEC was on board. It was the alliance, the quote-unquote alliance between the Pac-12, they they had complaints. The Big 12 had its own complaints. And, of course, the Big 10 is still worried about the Rose Bowl for whatever reason and just all this nonsense that couldn't that, that, that these conferences could not come to an agreement ultimately. I just thought it was a little bit interesting that the SEC was actually on board for all of this stuff and everybody else was going, ah, we still got some kinks to work out. And then finally, just one more note on this survey, and we'll get out of here for the day. 90% of the 1,500 fans are okay with name, image, and likeness, even if they're uncomfortable with it in some way. So again, some people are just all aboard it, and some are okay with it, even if they're kind of eh, a little bit weird on maybe the implementation or the current rules or something like that. But I just thought it was interesting to note that 90% of the fans, at least according to this survey, are okay with the players making name, image, and likeness money some way or another. Maybe there, there's obviously going to be more than that, a fewer than that who want some maybe heavier regulations, some new type of rules, but to say 90% are okay with players making money, I don't think it would have been that 10 years ago. I promise you that. That just shows how far the sort of the public opinion has shifted on that particular topic because I promise you five, 10 years ago even – it wouldn't have been 90%. It might have been 50 at best, but 90? No way. I, I promise you that wasn't the case. But you know what? Here's something that is the case. I want to thank you all once again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Locked On Chiefs Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL to draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Of course, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So thanks again for joining me. I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.